Welcome to This Week in XR podcast, where we hash over the week's headlines uh, with Ted Shilowitz, Paramount's futurist and my partner in crime, and Katie Kelly, the head of Altspace VR, uh, who's going to be speaking with us uh, both about the headlines and uh, then about the upcoming Burning Man events, including something amazing in Altspace, which we'll get an exclusive look at here on This Week in XR. So hickory dickory do, it looks like Walmart wants TikTok too. What's going on here, Ted? It is, it is one of the most fascinating studies in fervor that I think we've seen <laughs> in, in recent times. And I think we mentioned this last time on our discussion that what I think none of these suitors are, are really thinking about is the tenuous nature of something like TikTok how these things are by their nature flash in the pan. They create a lot of energy and a lot of excitement and very few of them have like super long, long range successes, right? We've seen it with Vine, we've seen it with a lot of different things. So I, I think it's interesting to sort of look at it from that perspective. It's like, what are you really buying into if you're, what, what are these aspirations that you feel like you would need this particular platform? Um, well, obviously, Walmart is thinking their direct access to their customers. They're valuing them at over $100 each. Yeah. So the, the total uh, value of TikTok could exceed the value of Snap, which is um, quite amazing. But, uh, you know, the IPO market is heating up. There aren't that many places for people to put their money. So, you know, my bet is it'll go well. And in fact, Unity. Uh, has filed for an IPO, and they too are feeling like uh, they want to get in on this hot market, uh, which is supported basically by the government printing money and giving it to huge companies, uh, I suspect, including Unity. Uh, yeah, how, how, insightful, how insightful were we last week on our podcast when we were talking about the epic Apple sort of battle royale and I just mentioned, you know, the biggest winner out of all this might be our friends at Unity uh, because of their relationship with Apple and how much uh, app development they drive, both in the traditional mediums and in the VR, AR mediums. And lo and behold, a couple days later, boom, there goes Unity filing for IPO. So that was, that was sort of pre-predictive knowledge on our part, Charlie, I think. I think that we may see Unity shares soaring um, with a private valuation of Epic at $18 billion, you might see Unity crossing the $30 billion. I totally agree. Yeah. So that's a good IPO to get in on if you can. Um, Katie, what's the appeal of TikTok? I mean, why do people think it's worth, I mean, it's fun as heck and it's fresh and it's authentic. We talked about that last week, but $100 a customer really, and most of those customers don't even really exist. I mean, I would have to ask my neighbor's kids back in the backyard that are always doing some dance that I can't keep track of. So they're obviously doing something right. So there's, um, there's news from Facebook this week. Last week, we talked about the developer outrage of having to dump their Oculus account in the next 28 months. Um, they're launching Facebook Horizons. And speaking of Horizons, now that's a huge social virtual world and Oasis-like environment. And I've been looking forward to it all year. And I went in there yesterday and 
you know, the first thing I thought of is, this is alt space. Uh, I think I'm really excited for the whole social VR industry. I feel like all of us are trying to find our own niche. I don't think anybody should be trying to make the multiverse. Anybody that says they are, I usually try to kind of walk the other way and smile. Um, so I think that Horizon has a really interesting idea that I think their main goal is honestly to get people together to go experience content together. Mm -hmm. And if they have that goal, then if, if you automatically have a Facebook account and you can go and meet people and then go into other content, including Altspace, and then we solve that need of amazing events that people can go and check out, we would love more connectivity between all these different apps. Last thing I'll say too is I feel like all of the social VR teams uh, kind of have a root from one, uh, a lot of like one similar idea. So even Horizon has a bunch of alt space old team members, um, many people that I'm friends with, I'm really trying to champion them and what they're trying to do. And I feel like a lot of us just want to create a better universe that people can experience in VR. So it doesn't really feel like a race. It feels more like how do we support each other? Symantec Bruce, who was one of the founders ah, Bruce. of Walt Spaces, is over at Facebook now, isn't he? He is. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about him getting that role, too. And our old CEO, Eric Romo, is still over there, and a whole bunch of team members that I'm really, really proud to have worked with. Uh, so moving on to uh, our uh, other favorite pet topic, Apple v. Epic. Um, some interesting developments. Of course, they're trying to whip up their user base uh, by... Um, having a tournament over the weekend. I guess that was the end of um, season four, season five began yesterday. Um, and uh, they got a split decision uh, from a judge at the top of the week who said uh, Apple can keep Epic uh, Fortnite out of the app store until uh, it's legally resolved. However, they cannot block um, Unreal Engine and apps uh, and sites and games that are made with Unreal Engine, which was uh, obviously the big threatened retaliation. So it seems like the judge kind of split the difference and gave a little something to both of them, but the battle proceeds and Epic seems determined to uh, attack Apple based on its trustworthiness and its fairness. Seems like they're digging in now, right? Which is what to very well-heeled camps tend to do when they have a philosophical difference that relates to massive economic impact. And it is massive, right? Yeah. What comes of this will be meaningful to many, many developers. I think a lot of the smaller developers probably wish it wasn't so, uh, as we sort of talked about and made the reference of, it's it's not David and Goliath, it's Goliath and Goliath, right? <laughs> and what the Davids want is Davids and the Goliaths so that the Davids can actually have a little bit more of a standing of they're trying to make interesting things, they're trying to push the envelope, and it's almost impossible for these smaller companies to make any kind of profit with all the gates and all the things going on. So I think they're still frustrated that they're just on the outside looking in, but at least they're looking in at this giant battle and saying maybe there's something good that will come of that. Well, as to sort a story that keeps on giving, just like the TikTok story. So those of us in the business of telling stories about stories uh, are grateful to them for uh, supporting our effort to get as many clicks as we can for our corporate overlords. Uh, moving on, I have uh, two companies that I'm very excited for uh, and have had great 
results during the pandemic. One is Spaces, which is a fantastic story. They were spun off from DreamWorks as their location-based, meaning public space VR company. They had the Terminator IP. They did an adventure which seemed to be popular and was going into venues uh, around the world when the pandemic hit. And of course, their revenue went immediately to zero. And they decided to view the shutdown of their business as an opportunity and threw themselves into a mad sprint to build a collaboration platform called also Spaces. In fact, I used that platform to give my keynote at AWE this year. So they said they were shutting down their site last week and I was ready to write their obituary and talk about how hard they had worked on their pivot. Uh, and then lo, uh, they're in silence and boom comes the news, they've been acquired by Apple. Um, the site's being shut down, so I guess it's viewed in some way as an aqua-hire, but I also have to believe that collaboration platforms, whether in VR or AR, are gonna be a big deal. What do you think, Katie? I mean, definitely. It's been a really interesting ride since COVID a couple months ago. I think before that we were kind of this niche like VR collaboration social network, but all of a sudden my emails gotten really interesting with everything from my prom is shut down or my classes are shut down. What about live entertainment? So now we're excited because we were early in the game and so we're being asked to solve all these problems, but you also see all these other companies pivoting to try to answer the same problems. Like WaveXR is doing some really awesome work, Spaces, um, but I think it's just gonna continue, especially with entertainment shut down until like 2021, until you can even have a concert or beyond, or how are people even going to experience concerts from here on out? So I think Altspace is uniquely positioned to try to answer that question. So um, Ted, uh, another piece of news from a company I'm pretty sure you're familiar with, Verbella, which is a kind of uh, 3D virtual world that you view through a 2D screen. So it feels a little like Second Life, stripped of its absurd complexity. Uh, and it's being used for conferences and virtual offices. In fact, the owner of Verbella um, Glenn Stanford uh, has a company called EXP Realty and it's publicly traded. And he liked Verbella so much, he built his virtual campus there for EXP that he bought the company. So Alex Howland, the founder who came out of UCSD and whose first job was building this virtual world, uh, this virtual campus for EXP, um, Glenn liked Glenn Stanford liked it so much he bought the company. So I love that story. It's like the old Omar Khayyam story of buying Gillette because he liked the razor so much, but uh, you know, a tremendous endorsement of the product. And here's the thing about Verbella, since March 19th, their stock has gone from $7 to $41. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if you owned a share of Verbella, uh, you know, in uh, three months or four months, um, you are making some real bank. Are you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not quite Tesla level, but it certainly is an interesting touch point. Uh, and I think what you're hitting on there with Verbella is something I've been thinking about a lot, uh, is authenticity uh, and real passion about something that you believe you want to bring into the world as opposed to this overt, like, is it 
a business and how can we capitalize on it? It's part of why I like what Altspace is doing. It's part of why I like what VR Chat is doing. It's part of why I like what Spaces is doing. And I'm thrilled Brad and Shiraz and I are very good friends as, as you are. And I'm completely thrilled about their uh, movement and getting the wind under their wings of Apple, which is you know, $2 trillion enterprise. Huge, huge validation for them. Right. And, and, you know, look, I mean, without saying anything I know or don't know about anything related to Apple, the idea of watching the evolution of FaceTime in some really interesting ways with those guys experimenting and playing yes. with that is going to be absolutely fascinating. Yes, and the idea love- of just socialization in general. I mean, if you go all the way back to you're talking about uh, Horizons, right? And, and my slight critique about... Um, the heavy handedness of, of Facebook proper's every attempt at what Zuckerberg's real initial intention, which was very public, that yeah. he saw VR as the next social platform. It actually is the smaller, more passion oriented companies that have done it better. Spaces, VR chat, alt space. Right, and let's not forget, of course, that's all that those companies do, right? Correct. This is all that alt space does. They're not running the world's largest social. They're not dominating the display advertising business. Uh, they are focused on their community and serving that community. Right. Don't you think, Katie? The focus helps, right? And what's really smart, too, about what Ted said is that anybody that survived VR up till now, like all space, we've been around mm. for like five years. Bella's been around for a while. I think if we made it this far, we were running on passion. We were running on caring about what we were doing. Um, so if we're still here and now we're getting that spotlight, I feel like it's the best time for those like companies built with heart to really succeed. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Um, a, really, a really interesting documentary that I started to watch on Netflix, I'm about halfway through it, is about the origins of Riot Games. And it is fascinating to just hear from the founders and watch the, the train wreck that this company was trying to get something going in the free-to-play world and how many challenges they had, but they held to their core beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it is so interesting from that same perspective of if you believe in something, it starts to matter. And well, here's I- another great story. They're not in the news, but Within, which was a company that was essentially a platform for 360 video, uh, you know, sort of realized at a certain point, oh my God, 360 video isn't going to be it. So they yeah. took, again, their sort of the last few grains of sand in their hourglass and threw a Hail Mary and built Supernatural for the Quest. Uh, it's sort of got a Peloton model and it's booming. It's doing great. And I can't tell you how many people talk to me about it. Yeah. Three days a week, I'm doing Supernatural in my quest. It is my new love. I I am thrilled (laughs) because it's got real music in it. It's very Beat Saber-like, but it's it's a real exercise thing. And it's very much like Peloton VR. And I'm thrilled what what Chris and Aaron have been able to develop. I think it's fantastic. Absolutely. I was thrilled. It's, it's always great when it works mm-hmm. because usually it doesn't. And, and again, uh, another great story uh, for what I consider to be the greatest business story of our time. So uh, just to wrap things up, our discussion here before we get to Burning Man uh, is that Apple filed a patent for foveated rendering. For those of you who don't know what foveated rendering means, it means that only the things that you're looking at based on eye tracking are fully rendered. And things in the periphery 
which sort of are blurry and out of focus anyway, um, don't have to be fully rendered. If your eye moves that way, of course, uh, the system responds and, and puts its processing power there. So this suggests to me, and the reason I think this story is so interesting is that Apple is clearly working on more than one device, right? We talked about the glasses that might uh, read your retina and adjust on the fly to your prescription and the light conditions that you're in. But here's another piece of technology that suggests that that's not the only way they're approaching XR. Yeah, if you, if you look at all the patents they filed, all the acquisitions, the tea leaves are pretty clear, right? Doesn't mean that we know exactly what they're building and when it's going to come out, but we have a pretty good sense. And their CEO, Tim Cook, has been very public about his belief in mixed reality as the next visual compute platform, and he's bullish on it. And the, the, the level of investment they're putting in to the iOS AR kit world is significant with very little outcome, right? So there's the belief structure beyond today's devices that what they're building as the underpinnings, they're building the muscles of this, that you can play around with it on a smartphone with magic window, but really when you get the smartphone on your eyes and that digital layer becomes a transparent layer to you and this digital universe, um, that's the, 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 the key that unlocks. And you know, with, with Unity going IPO at this really interesting time, because they are one of the main players in building that digital layer effectively and, and, and at scale uh, that a lot of people, you know, there's a user base that knows how to build these things in Unity. A lot of these dots are lining up. A lot of these things are starting to tell, tell us where things are headed. So uh, today is the first day of virtual Burning Man. And uh, one of the reasons Katie is with us is that she is an actual bona fide burner. Uh, and, uh, it is a culture and it is an approach of creativity and collaboration uh, that few people will get to experience in the real world. Mm -hmm. But now that it's virtual, uh, perhaps all people, even old people, can be burners. Uh, Katie, tell us about Burning Man and uh, about how, what Altspace is doing. And uh, if you can, there are other companies. Uh, one of the great things about Burning Man is that it's widely distributed among creative teams uh, throughout cyberspace and in the real world. But uh, this year, we're going to be uh, walking through a virtual playa, looking at what things have been built in cyberspace. So uh, let's spend the last few minutes of This Week in XR talking about Burning Man, something that is great and interesting in, in a world that uh, sometimes is scary and overwhelming. And I have to admit, I was, I was heartbroken along with a lot of people when so many of our much loved events got canceled, that Burning Man really hit home for me. It is something that I've loved going to. It is a place for just endless creativity. I am a burner, but that can sometimes be used as a term to separate when I think it's more, if you really love the idea of self-expression and meeting other people and really deep connections and just like re challenging yourself on how we should exist in the world, then you're, you're a burner. So our hope is that mm -hmm. Um, this year, if Burning Man can't happen in person, we wanted to participate to see if we could get close. None of us are going to get there. And there's a lot of our, uh, uh, frustration, I think, in the Burning Man community because they don't think technology is what's going to bring us closer together. So I'm hoping that we can challenge that a little bit. And so over the last couple of months, these amazing developers and creators, Athena, Doug, Greg, an amazing team of people built Burning Man in Altspace separate from us even knowing it initially. 
um, Doug and Greg especially have been building it from the ground up. So when you go in, it feels like you are in a 3D environment that's the size of Burning Man. You can walk across the playa and you see animated bicycles wandering around. But the best part was then they asked for help. And so people across Burning Man, I think there's something like 50 to 70 camps that have contributed worlds. And these were just springing up. Like, I can't tell you the joy I have running an app that did service to somebody else where we didn't have to help that much. So when we were able to find out how we could help, um, especially our team, we built our own world. Uh, we are, we're supporting with a play, a play Alchemist um, to help build their world. And then I'll be running events all week for BRCVR, like connection workshops, yoga classes. And if this sounds kind of weird in VR, it is, but I, I dare you to try it. So the way it's going to feel is you put on your headset or you go in 2D mode, you wander around the playa, you come across a person, you make eye contact and you say hi. Like that's how it's going to feel. You, you mentioned the 2D method of connecting. I think it's important mm -hmm. for us to emphasize to our listeners that if you have a PC, so you don't have to have a VR headset to participate. And also there are mobile applications. Um, and all of this is, uh, there are links in the column uh, on Forbes. If you take a look, you'll see links to a lot of the different events and listings uh, around Burning Man. Um, Katie, you have a little video uh, that we're going to run and uh, narrate it a little bit and let us know what we're looking at here. Of course. That's amazing. Thank you so much for showing us that, Katie. Ted, have you been to Burning Man? So here's, here's what's interesting about me, Charlie, and Burning Man. I may be the original pioneer virtual, first virtual burner, uh, because I've never been to Burning Man physically, although my friends at Fox and now at Paramount always like, we need to go to Burning Man every year. We need to go to Burning Man. Just confluence of timing, and it's just never been able to do it. But um, a number of years back, I was working on a really innovative project with a large movie projector company called Barco, and we were exper experimenting with what we called theme park cinema. So taking like stuff you'd see at theme parks and bringing it into multiplexes around the world. If those that track Disney will remember the Circle Vision 360 experience, uh, this was like Circle Vision 180. We were putting multiple screens in cinemas and building really unique products. We did some stuff with Red Bull and all these action adventure things. And one of the most amazing projects we did was a producer friend of mine, his name is Arnaud, produced this amazing documentary about Burning Man where he took red cameras, which I was involved in, and mounted them on blimps, small little remote controlled blimps, and flew around the playa for a week and captured all of the art and then did documentary material with all the artists. And he built a long feature film that's still available. We've made 
go streaming someday. But we ran it in film festivals, a few film festivals, using this special multi-screen technique. And in one of the film festivals, it was in San Jose, we screened it, and I was talking with the audience afterwards, and there was a woman, like, halfway back, young girl, she was literally sobbing in tears, not just tears rolling down her face. She was completely broken down and it was loud. And I had to sort of stop and say, kind of walked up and said, is everything okay? Do we need to help you? And she kind of like within all broken words, she couldn't quite get it out. But she said, I just need to tell you, I'm a dancer and an artist and my lifelong goal has been to try and get to Burning Man. And I've just never been able to afford it because it's a commitment. Like you have to find a way to raise the capital to do it, even just as an attendee. And she said, you actually with this multi-screen, it was very precursor to VR, except it was like mass group VR in a, in a cinema sitting in a, in a theater. She said, I've watched lots of videos around Burning Man and I never actually felt like I was there. For the first time in my life, I felt like I went to Burning Man. And she was emotionally overwhelmed by it. And then the whole audience started crying. It was like this amazing thing. So now flash forward to today where Katie and your team are bringing it in this very modern medium to a place where many people can experience the magic of Burning Man is like, mm -hmm. I'm emotionally sort of excited to go do it now. I can't wait to go do it. And the and best part really, I'll send you the trailer for it. I love that. And the best part of that too is the thing that she got from just that visual experience. I think the thing that we're going to bring is the social thing, especially during COVID. The fact that you can actually have serendipitous connections that are usually only possible on things like Burning Man or other similar kinds of festivals. If we can bring that in, I'm hoping to get the same reaction from people going, I always want to have that experience of connecting with people authentically. And now I get to have that. And it happens to be a Burning Man. I think Burning Man is terrifically positioned to do something uh, extraordinary with an in-person event where we cannot be together and uh, have to stay apart, but here we can virtually recreate that. And it's democratizing, right? Because so many people uh, can now attend. It's a challenge for organizers, um, but it is fantastic for people who can't afford, as Ted said, uh, to travel and arrange for expensive tickets. And the tickets also, uh, you know, as you know, Katie, there's a lottery for them. People wait all night trying to jockey for position in the tickets. Um, at, uh, I'll see if I can get tickets that, that go out on sale. Yeah, I'll see if I can get permission to show you the three-screen trailer of this, and we can add it in. Oh, great, we can, we should be able to. yeah, we can add it to the podcast. Katie, uh, it was great uh, having you as a guest host on the podcast this week. Wonderful. Uh, I hope we can get you back soon. And, I love that. Uh, Ted, um, good to virtually see you, uh, as always, live from your basement. Oh, do we and want to mention, as, talking about breaking news, as we're wrapping up the podcast, my news feed Kevin, the CEO, the newly appointed CEO, ex-Disney of TikTok, just resigned. Literally just happened. It, it looks like he's not going to be a CEO of anything when this transaction is done. Um, there's speculation that he was sidelined during the negotiations. So, um, Kevin, take these big bags of money and get the heck out of here. <laughs> all right, that's all for us this week. Uh, hopefully, we will uh, see you next week and uh, get your attention every week. Uh, there's a lot more news in my column this week in XR on Forbes. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, everyone.